0: Good morning. As we continue on this series called Clear, um, we're exploring what are the marks of Christianity and what are the things that should stand out. And today it's a very simple idea. The mark of Christianity that we're exploring today is that we are desiring people to grow. That Christianity is about people that are not just churchgoers, but they are transforming day by day and becoming more and more like Jesus. That is the desire of God. God is not just simply content with having sheep. He wants these sheep to grow. He wants us, you and I, to to further deepen our relationship with Him. So we're going to talk about that today. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a great, great message from Barbara Gilliland. She came from Denver, Colorado, Colorado area. And she said a line that really just stuck with me. And she said, all of us are in different stages of spiritual life. And she said, it's Okay, and I was it was so liberating to hear that that all of us were in this different journey Some of us maybe just became christians within a year or two ago Some of us maybe have been walking with the lord for many years And the first thing is that wherever you are the fact that you even came to church this morning says wow Wherever you are It's okay What i'd like to add to that though is That continues on though to stay where you are, however, is not okay. For example, um, I, I look at my kids, and today just, they jumped into our bed this morning. You know how kids are. You're trying to sleep and get ready for church and be refreshed, and your kids say, I have different plans. They jump into your bed, and then Michelle's lying down, and I just looked at her, and I was like, when did you become so long? <laughs> and it's just this long line of just human body, and my, Kathy and I are just staring at her and saying, who are you? and we realized there was a time when we brought you home and you were this baby and who thinks it's okay for baby to drool i don't i think it should be illegal <laughs> no of course when you see a baby drool you say oh that's so cute or when you see a baby go goo goo dad you're like oh so you look at their maturity and their life and you say that's beautiful Flash forward 35 years in a corporate executive room. You're about to give a presentation to earn a new company business, and then you start drooling. <laughs> and they say, So what kind of marketing will you use for this product? And you say, Goo <laughs> goo <laughs> <laughs> And then they'll look at you with funny grin and say, No, really, let's kidding aside, you know, what are we doing here? And then you go chocolate milk tell me if that's not a saturday nightlife skit tell me you will not call some mental hospital or your boss and say we have an issue here <laughs> so it's okay to be in the stage you're in you may not even be christian and that's okay so long as you're seeking so you're long as you're saying what is this about and who is this god For Christians, it's okay that you only know Genesis and Matthew. The problem is we can't stay there. God's desire for us is to grow. Actually, if you look at all good things in life, everything is meant to grow. I told you about my avocado tree. I bought an avocado tree. I'm hoping that it bears fruit. I found out after I bought it, it takes 13 years. No one buys a fruit tree and says, boy, I hope you stay a little sapling. You say, I want to see fruit, or well, I'm gonna pull Jesus on you. If I don't see fruit in three years, cut you down. You know, you're like taking up my soil, get another plant, right? I mean, a farmer doesn't waste his time planting crops that don't grow. If it doesn't grow, what do they do? You find fertilizer or something to make it grow, because when you grow, you produce fruit. And you know, from humans to, to plants, Genesis, as soon as God created the world, what did he tell Adam and Eve? What was the first command they gave? It wasn't actually about any tree. The first command was what? Be fruitful and multiply. Grow. The command from God is that we do grow. And that is a spiritual mark of Christianity. If we look the same as Christians the way even a year ago That is something there is something off there If we look the same as we did 20 years ago as Christians That is downright Really spiritual dysfunction God doesn't want you to just go through the motions and say well, I got a one-way ticket to heaven I know jesus god loves me. That's all that matters and it's true. It that is but he also says grow So we're going to look at that in Colossians, and just a few things, other verses that you see this in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, brothers and sisters, I cannot address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly. So he's telling the church, I can't even address you as spiritual people, you're still like the world. And he goes on, why? You're mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Wow, can you imagine having a teenager? Mom, what's for dinner? Gerber's. Your favorite kind, mashed peas. What? I want in and out. You're not ready for it. Now, there's something weird with that picture, isn't it? That's what Paul's saying. You're a church, yes, but you look just like the world, and you're not ready for solid food. I'm just going to give you milk because you're so, such infants. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 through 16, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheme. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. We will grow in him to become like Jesus. From him, the whole body joined together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. God's desire for us is to grow. So the question becomes, why? That's a good question. Why can't we just have this? Why do you have to grow? Why can't we just be like where we are? I like the nice service. I like this idea, Jesus, you died for me. I'm going to heaven. Let me just live my comfortable life. What is this big deal about grow and become like Jesus. (laughs) Jesus, Jesus, I can't keep your standard anyway. My life is comfortable. Don't ask too much of me. Let me just go to church and be fine. I go to church at least twice a month. That's pretty good. That's more than Billy. Billy goes to church only on Easter, so I'm pretty good. I'm on that curve. I got a B plus, and you know, that's how we think, so why does God want us to grow? Well, think about you and I. Let's look at our families. Those of you with children, do you say, boy, I wish they would stay in their diapers their whole life? (laughs) Do you know that when Ethan went out of his diaper, Kathy and I had the biggest celebration, like it was 1999. (laughs) We said $40 a month in my pocket, not to the diapers. We celebrate growth. Well, there's a reason for that. It's not just that they're growing up. Why do you want people to grow in our just human world, so that one day they could stand on their own, be responsible, take care of others, and when I'm not here, they're able to be a leader and bless others. The goal is not just to grow. Growing is the means to a greater purpose, is it not? God's desire for us is not merely to grow, but he wants us to grow for a bigger purpose and Colossians will spell it out really well so let's take a look at collagens so so this is where this is where we start you know oh actually i forgot one more thing before we go into Colossians, there is a confusion about spiritual growth There is a confusion a session the elders of our church read a book together called the present future and there was a line in there you know did you ever read those books and it looks like a hand comes out and smacks you in the face like this line, it was just one of those things where the author just came out and 3D glass, you know, smacked you. He says this, there is a confusion about spiritual growth. A lot of us, we assume spiritual growth because we are active at church. And this is what he says, very per, uh, perceptive. Church activity, sitting in pews, collecting, you know, doing VBS, working in the kitchen, deacon, committee work, all those things. Church activity is a poor substitute for genuine spiritual vitality. Now, again, let me just say something really quick about that. That doesn't mean serving is bad. It's when you assume that just doing activity alone leads to spiritual vitality. So he goes on. We don't have much evidence to support the assumption that all this church activity has produced more mature followers of Jesus Christ. What he's saying is this. Church activity alone doesn't assume that you are going to become a better follower of Jesus Christ. All it means really is you're just busier. You could be in a church 50 years and then you realize jesus is still that far off from you all you did was be busy at church and what he's saying is in our churches we've assumed wow so and so has done this for this many years what a great christian oh he's been a deacon for 20 years he must be there's no explanation a great christian and then we turn to the words of Jesus in Matthew 7, where he says, on that day, people will come up to me and say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do miracles in your name? Great things, right? Church activity. The, I mean, this is supernatural activity. Do you know what Jesus says to them? Be gone from me. I never knew you. God doesn't keep a tally of our activity and says, you know, Jason's heart is far from me, and he hates his wife, and he hates his children. He doesn't really worship me other than just as a show. But you know what? He works hard. So gosh darn it, he's one of my favorites, and I'll I'll make him an all-star. You're great. The gospel is never about our activities. It's always about your heart and Jesus Christ spiritual activity is a poor substitute and we believe that oh so-and-so has been working for us so hard they must be great christians and the jesus says i disagree with you <laughs> we need to grow what does that mean what does that look like what is that our grow is not just grow the numbers and the pews we're talking about spiritual depth and paul is guiding us to the as we look at colossians So, so here we are today, spiritual goals, Colossians 1, 4. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we pray for you, Colossi, Christians, and most of them were Gentiles that lived there. We thank God for you. Why? Why do you thank God for you? Verse 4, because, here it is, he's blessed that they're growing. Here's the indication, verse 4. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all the saints. Those are two great symptoms to see if we are growing spiritually. You are known not because you have wonderful music. You are known not because you have wonderful, beautiful campus. You are known, church, not because you have friendly people. But there is spiritual growth when people look at you and say, those people, their faith in God and Jesus Christ It is unmatched. And what was the second thing? Those people, they know how to love all people. Let's unpack that. This idea about growing, one of the symptoms of growth is that you grow to love Jesus more and more. This is what Paul says. This is Paul, Apostle Paul, the one who wrote half of New Testament, right? This is what he says in Philippians 3. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings. That's kind of weird right? I want to know Christ how much so I could suffer more for him Becoming like him in his death That's his goal And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead this part's crazy Not that I have already obtained all this Or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which christ jesus took hold of me What is he saying? I am still growing i'm not there yet paul if you are in this church i should not preach you should preach you're mr paul you're apostle paul you're the guy who saw you met jesus christ you fell off the horse if there's anybody who should be a spiritual leader you're there and apostle paul says i'm not even there but here's my passion i want to know jesus that much more you see his goal was not just to be the leader so you could have it your way. Remember that commercial Burger King, my way, your way, have it right away. I'll have my hamburger, whopper without pickles, lettuce, onions. You know, we 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 like to think we have the way. His way was simply this: it's you, Jesus. That's who I want. Growing faith leads to a deeper hunger for Jesus Christ. Colossi Church, they were known for their faith in Christ. That's a great compliment. There's a few of you I could say, when I look at that person, they have incredible faith in Jesus Christ. That is the goal of growth, first. So he goes on, you know, as we think about that, you know, how is your relationship with Jesus? Um, And the question for us as we look at that point is, is Jesus just a teacher or is he somebody that you have given your life to? Jesus never said, I just want to be your Savior. He says, I I'm I'm your master (laughs) and he goes on there's a pastor we're going to be doing a book called Not a Fan as a church in September and there's a line in there that I want to read from you of somebody who with growing faith loves Jesus more than anything else as an indication of their growth this is what he writes about his grandmother on her deathbed this pastor was talking to her and she says I'm ready I'm ready to go home and be with dot 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 and then he says and i knew what she was going to say next she was going to say your grandpa of course she was going to say that he was a love of her life she loved him more than she loved anything but she didn't say i'm ready to go home and be with your grandpa what she did say was i'm ready to go home and be with jesus To have a growing faith is to realize there is no one that loves you and no one you could love more in your whole life than Jesus Christ. That to die is homecoming with the greatest love reunion. And although we'll see our family, the greatest love as Christians is the one who loved us first, that we could love him back. We love because he first loved us that's christianity it's not what you do but it's what he's done and that builds hope and faith this is why paul says this is the hope the faith and love that springs from the hope verse five that is stored up for you in heaven that's the hope you have that there's a savior who died for me and loved me and this gospel that saved me is growing all over the world verse six All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it. The second part, if you catch it in the back, if we go back, Paul says, I've heard about your faith and also your love for all the saints. One of the indications, the second indication that we're growing spiritually and that we're growing deeper is this, that we genuinely love all people. Spiritually immature people will say stuff like this, I can't love those kind of people. I hate him. You could go to church for 50 years and you talk like that, your spiritual maturity is an infant. Oh, God loves me, forgive me, Lord, but I can't stand them, those people. Africans, those Chinese, those Koreans, I'll say amen to that. Those Mexicans, those Italians, spiritually immature, if that. The worldly people, they're entitled to their opinion. In the church, Jesus died, not just for the Anglos. He didn't die just for the white people and the Asian people. He died for the world. And what Paul is saying, Colossi, you don't have filters on your eyes. Your love for all God's people. I can tell right away where you are spiritually. This is not a It's not a test that they teach you in seminary. You could tell when somebody is genuinely walking with the Lord if they're Christians by the way they talk about loving all people. By the way, in church, you can't do ministry without loving people. One of you actually told me that. One of the PNC members, he's sitting here, but I won't mention his name, Don Douglas. And he said to me, Jason, you cannot do ministry. It's hard to do ministry without loving people. And I said, you're right. Well, can i add that to us you cannot follow jesus with a bias towards anyone regardless of what they've done regardless of where they come from that is a sign of spiritual maturity you see just as a side you know what my vision for our churches you got me i'm trying to make everybody korean uh, that's that's my goal it's coming out i have to i'm trying to get this 99 percent korean And it's working. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I tell this openly, you know what our goal is? At least God has put me, given me a vision for this particular church. We want to be a church that reflects the demographic of this community to the T. If it's 99% Hispanic, I want to be 99% Hispanic. If it's 30% Asian, 30% Latino, and 40% Anglo, which it is, we want to reflect the community. We don't want to be a church. You look like us, walk like us, talk like us, then you could join us. If not, keep on looking. We want to be the church that says, Jesus died for you wherever you are. Heterosexual, homosexual, drug addict, prostitutes. I am as bad as you, saved by the grace of God. Come on in. Amen? Amen. Spiritually immature people will always say them, those people. Those growing in the Lord say we, Colossi Church is saying, are known for your faith of all people. So spiritual growth, the third thing I want to share here is this, verse verse 6, he says, that has come to you all over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and growing in the world, just as it is doing in you. The fuel for spiritual growth is key. The fuel for spiritual growth is not try harder, you know, Pia, try harder. Become a better Christian. What's wrong with you? All right, I'll try harder. The fuel for spiritual growth is not your try. You know what it is? What do you see over and over again in verse 4 through 7? It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that keeps fueling it. The gospel of Jesus Christ not only saves you, but it is the core that helps you grow spiritually. Let me give you an example. There was a, let me, let me read you this. In, instead of you trying to be a Christian by your own efforts, because you never became a Christian by your own efforts, we grow as a Christian by his grace and the gospel. And it looks like this. Jesus, you and you alone are the only one I can depend on. That's the gospel. It's not, I'm a good guy. I'm a pretty good guy, Jesus. I just need a little bit of help. I'll meet you halfway. It's this. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm only saved in you. Save me. And he saves us. As Christians, we say, Jesus, I could only grow in you. You're my hunger and thirst. You're my living bread. I only want you. Anything less than that looks like this. Let me put on a show. Let me try my best. Let me try to overcome my sin. And what happens to you is because. You become religious. Let me read you this. I I used this a long time ago. But let me read this. Try to figure out who this is. He made free use of Christian vocabulary. He talked about the blessing of the Almighty and Christian confessions, which would become the pillars of the new government. He assumed the earnestness of a man weighed down by historic responsibility. He handed out pious stories to the press, especially to church papers. He showed his tattered Bible and declared that he drew the strength of his great work from it as scores of pious people welcomed him as a man sent from God. Indeed, Adolf Hitler was a man who was outward religiosity led him. You want to try growing by your own efforts and by rules? Go right ahead. You want to be a Christian that grows spiritually by the Holy Spirit? You start here. Take my heart. Not my behavior, Lord. Start from the core of who I am. And that's the gospel transforming you every single time. Because isn't it true, if you really are honest, you could act properly at church and your heart could be disgusting and vile and you don't care you're putting up a front of god is good how are you doing and deep inside we know our heart is far from the lord how do you deal with that the gospel lord jesus have mercy on me a sinner i repent i need you again change me from the inside out you see church we have to emphasize the heart not the behavior how do we deal with the heart the gospel of jesus christ who loved you while you have a defiled heart to die for you to transform us amen that is the power for spiritual growth so we're wrapping up here so paul goes on and just a few few practical applications verse 9 for this reason the gospel is going out since the day we heard about you we have what here's the first thing we do How do you grow spiritually? How do we act as a church that values spiritual growth? First, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge and will. Guys, if a church doesn't pray, no chance of spiritual growth. You could quote me on that. And I'm not talking about, Lord, I know you're here with me. I'm not talking about, Rub a dub dub, thanks for the grub. I'm talking about getting in your room getting on your knees and saying, God, change me, change our church, God, bring a revival, it's only through you. It's not my defiance. It's not my money. It's not the preaching. It's the Holy Spirit. So therefore, Paul says, I keep praying for you. Keep on going. Second thing, practically, to know the will and the knowledge of God. How do you grow in your will and to know God's will? We need to dig deep into the food, the living bread, and the word that God's given to us. If this is your only chance in seven days that you get the word of God, try that with a meal. I dare you. I'll go to a buffet, eat a lot one day, and for the six days, I'll fast. We'll look very fit, actually. We'll look pretty fit. Spiritually growing people dig into the word of God, and they don't look at the word and say... How does His word confirm my choice? Here's how it looks. God, how do I conform to your will? The problem we're having in our culture, I'll tell you right away, and you can write me bad letters. I don't care. We're trying to adjust truth in our culture by our preferences. Instead of the word of God. Arrogant people will say, well, I like this part of the bible. I don't like that. Well, I like this god I don't like this god and then you pick and choose and you say god You come and become the image that I want you to be Those people that paul is talking about is this lord Mold me in your living word. It is true That's how you know and I promise you you will discern the will of god in your life That's a fact god will speak to you God will bless you. He would honor you by your hunger for him and he will let you know. And you may not like it, but you will trust it and you will know God's will. And that's Paul's desire. Let me end with this. Verse 28, jumping down. I'm not skipping probably the most important part of that chapter. Intention, the most important part is verse 15 and on. All of this is made possible because of the supremacy of Christ. But just to wrap it up for brevity, let me end with this. Verse 28, 29. Why does God want us to mature? Verse 28. We proclaim him admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. Church, how about that for a vision? Why do we exist? To present everyone perfect in Christ. That is why we exist. Wow. That changes it from we want to be a friendly church where people could feel welcome doesn't that set the bar a little higher we need friendliness but here's our goal all of this exists so that we could bring everybody perfect before jesus because he's coming one day and he's going to look at us and he's going to call upon us he's going to say to the church what have you done he's going to look at all the people and say where are you and we could say lord jesus here's my daughter michelle Coe. i didn't brainwash her we led her to the lord And by your spirit, she came to know you, Jesus, accept you as Savior. And she's grown as best as she can. And I have done my duty as a father to present her as perfect as I can to you, Jesus. That will light a fuse in this church. Three words. We grow because we proclaim him. Why do we need to grow? It's not to just go spiritually fed and mature, but those three words, verse 28, why do we need to grow to maturity? Because we proclaim him. Those who are mature can take this gospel and share it with others. Those who are infants, when we should be equipping you to go out into the world, we're still fighting over my room, my program, I want my stuff, and you're still infants. We should be at the point where you're growing and you're making disciples of other disciples who can make disciples. Did you catch that? We need to be mature so we could raise disciples who can raise other disciples. A church that grows to maturity, to love Jesus, that's about prayer. One year from now, do you love people more? One year from now, how is your walk with God? Has it grown stronger? One year from now, how's your love for God's word? Has it thrived? Has it fed you? One year from now, have you shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with somebody? This is why God wants us to grow. The mark of a church. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, convict and challenge us, convict and challenge me, shake away, God, the things in us that still is our old self, our self-centered, my way, my preferences, and God, may you rule. Indeed, we are all in different stages of life spiritually, but God, starting from where we are, take us to where we need to go, and may we be a church That is not content with just what we have. But Lord, we are on a mission to bring other people to become perfect in maturity to you. God, your gospel saved us. Your gospel transforms us. And that gospel fuels us. So continue to let our dependence on you, Jesus, alone fuel our thoughts, our decision-making, where we spend our money, And how we live our lives day by day. That all these things would please and honor you. We pray all these things in the precious name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.